and we are live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. I'm your host, Johnny K. Here we go. Another dollar, another day. Well, no dollar, but definitely another day. This is a fantastic day for Team Peasant. Fantastic, right? You you, you might be like, oh, my God, no, everything's so chaotic. No, this is great, okay? If you're new to the podcast, you haven't realized that the only thing going on in this world is Team Elite versus Team Peasant. Those are the only teams that, that exist in society. You may be new to that, and if you do, welcome to Team Peasant. We're happy to have you. This is the largest apolitical movement in human history. It is totally for Team Peasant forever and always, while the elites try to hold on, hold on to what they have. It ain't going to work. So a lot of things to get into. So main focus, we're going to cover Michael Schellenberger on Joe Rogan, covering what's going on with these Twitter files. And basically, uh, now I hear people talking. Now it's becoming mainstream. People are going, oh, my God, Team Peasant. Oh, wow, it's the elites trying to hold on, and the Team Peasant is rising. People are understanding. It's so beautiful. I have, I have seen people call or at least notice that there's two classes, the elites and the peasants, like at least five times a day on different things. And uh, the good thing, the fantastic thing, so Trump indictment, before we get into it, is fantastic for team peasants. Why? Because if the elites lock everybody up in their own class, if elites lock, soon before you know it, all presidents will be locked up, war crimes, hush money, blowjobs in the Oval Office, Bill Clinton, all that stuff. They're going to be locked up forever. Every single, in fact, the way it's going to operate now is, you're going to have presidents serve four years and then go to prison for life. It's going to be awesome. I think this president, this precedent is absolutely amazing. I think the elite, before you know it, what's going to happen first is they're going to lock up all Republicans, become a one party dictatorship. And then you have the elites. The oh, there's now there's only one party we have to face as peasants. And that's run by Joe Biden. who doesn't know where he is. And Kamala Harris. I'll take my chances. Okay. That is much easier competition for the peasants, okay? First of all, instead of going against two parties, Republicans and Democrats, let's just go against one. So when we when we become a one-party dictatorship, then you look at the leaders and like, come on, what? what John Fetterman, like Joe Biden, it's a no-brainer. It's not going to happen. Come on, man. That's crazy. Um, and then Kamala Harris, that is competition I'm willing to take on as team peasant. That is easy pot pie. So this is great news, okay? So you have the elites bickering and fighting and, and locking each other up. I think it's great precedent. I think all presidents should be locked up. I, I I think this is great. I think this is the best thing we've we've seen since since flat bread, whenever that was. Other flat bread wasn't good, although it was on the food pyramid, but the whole food pyramid was corrupt. But let's not get off track. Okay. So yes, it's a good day to be team peasant. If you're new, welcome to team peasant. It's an honor to have you. And I'm going to play clips now from Joe Rogan's podcast with Michael Schellenberg, which there's so many clips I could play. There's so many juicy clips I could play. Okay. But I can only play a few and they are now understanding what we've known on this podcast for so long that the team peasants are coming together like never before, like never before in history. There's never been a movement like this that you're a part of. Never, never, nothing even close. Like I said, like a podcast about the Egyptians, but I only say Egyptians because you don't know if it's true or not, or the Greeks. You don't know, okay? Who knows? Okay, let's not get into that garbone. All right, here we go. So first clip here is about uh, Aspen Institute. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. So this is about the uh, the tabletop exercise for a Hunter Biden laptop being Russian disinformation, which is 100% true, um, and, to, and the new journalistic standard. I played a clip of this on my Twitter, at KOGZ, about how the new standard for journalism is not to follow the Pentagon Papers principle, 
which there was a whole movie made out of that. Um, this is very, very good. Again, Michael Schellenberger, Joe Rogan Experience, nine, episode 1963. That's a lot of episodes. It's amazing. All right, here we go. So then when you realize that it was real and that everything in that New York Post story on October 14th, 2020 was was accurate and stuff in the emails, the thing that really freaked me out was this thing that Aspen Institute, a, a call, it's called a tabletop exercise, and it was actually a Zoom call to role play how to deal with a Russian hack and leak around Hunter Biden. This is like in June of 2020. So this is like months before the New York before months before Rudy Giuliani gets that la- the laptop, but before Rudy Giuliani gives the laptop to New York Post, why in the hell is to holding a tabletop exercise to pre-bunk? Basically, they are training or brainwashing all these journalists. And I mean, it's CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, Wikimedia uh, Foundation, the Wikipedia fi- folks, um, the networks, social media companies, all coming together to be like. Okay, well, if something is if something is leaked, then we should not cover it in the way that journalists have traditionally covered it. Meanwhile, Stanford University, a few a few months earlier, had put out a report saying reporters should no longer follow the Pentagon Papers principle. Well, the Pentagon Papers, of course, is this famous episode. It was Steven Spielberg made a whole movie about it, where the Washington Post and New York Times published these internal Pentagon documents showing that the U.S. government was losing the war in Vietnam, right? This is Daniel Ellsberg, and he just releases it. He steals these documents. He breaks the law, steals these documents, gives them to the newspapers. The newspapers publish them. It's this kind of incredible moment in American journalism where we are like the First Amendment gives these newspapers the right to publish uh, hacked, (laughs) so-called hacked, but leaked information. And here you have Stanford University, Aspen Institute saying, oh, no, no, no. That's all. We should stop doing that. Journalists should no longer write about leaked information in that way. Instead, we should focus on the person who leaked it. So it's it, it really sent chills up my spine. Uh, you know, it was just it was the creepiest thing I'd ever seen. And and this is of course you got to remember Aspen who's funded by the U.S. government. Yeah, Stanford's funded by the U.S. government. So this is people go, oh well, you're just one of the responses we've got is they go, oh, you're just talking about you know content moderation by private companies. No. We're talking about U.S. government-funded stations. You can't, if the U.S. government is censoring information, that's obviously a violation of the First Amendment. But if the U.S. government is funding somebody else to censor information, that's also a violation of the First Amendment. You can't indirectly, it's still a violation if you're if you're funding somebody to demand censorship. So that was quite a steeplechase, but there's a lot here. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of people, a lot of institutions, a lot to unpack. And that was part of the reason I wanted to reach out and be like, we just, I need a Joe Rogan so session to just kind of go through it all. If you've been with the podcast for a while, this is nothing new to you. We've exposed this so many times. Go look at the previous, look at, look at the track record of the John Cook show. It's absolutely impeccable. It's unbelievable. I don't think anybody has a track record like we do. I, I doubt it. Okay. Especially being a political, there can't be, there's no, no chance. Okay. But if you're new, which there's a lot of new people coming every single podcast episode, you have to understand that um, you the reason we're changing all the rules in real time is, God forbid, you don't want the elites don't want information that makes them look bad leaked. That's why we need to lock up Julian Assange. That's why we need to lock up journalists. That's why we need to clamp down and have a total surveillance state. So when the peasants speak out, we squash them. We deplatform them. We take away everything everything all their rights and we put them in a digital gulag because that is the united states of america 
That is what we do here, okay? And if you didn't know that, you're a peasant. But you are a peasant, and we're fighting back. We're not letting that happen, okay? We will expose the elites. We expose the elites on every single podcast episode. In fact, this podcast of the podcast, very meta concept podcast of a podcast of a podcast of a podcast, maybe on some artificial intelligence podcast listening to this now in some outer space world. Let's not go that far, although we're probably pretty close to that, if you know what I mean. Um that uh this exposed it i mean joe rogan is exposing a lot of it joe rogan is a peasant okay you may think he's an elite but that is still a peasant class the peasant the elite class is like the point one of the point one of the point one percent it's tiny it's like obama okay it's like trump it's all of them okay that's the elite class okay joe rogan's a peasant okay everybody else is a peasant everybody pretty much if you hear this, you're a peasant. Okay, so here we go. So now this is interesting. So um, how did Facebook and social media companies become involved and embedded with non-governmental organizations, NGOs, the government, and just taking orders to censor whatever the government wants, whenever they want, however they want? Well, because if you remember back in uh, – in uh, 2016, when Trump won the election, that was the ultimate that 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 is what ruined everything for the peasants even more. OK, apparently that really made people of the elite class very unhappy for whatever reason. OK, they got very unhappy that we need to clamp down. This can never happen again. And so they threatened. I'll, I'll let him tell the story. But they went to Facebook and they went to other, you know, Twitter and said, if you don't listen to the orders we give you of who to censor, when to censor, if it's true or not, you just do what we tell you to do. If you don't do it, we're going to take away your section 230. And so they threatened Zucks. They threatened everybody, okay, that you have to take orders from the government to censor speech. Otherwise, we will take away and destroy your company. So it was like kind of like a blackmail-ish type situation. So here, they're going to explain it here. But 2016 is what set this all up because Trump became president. And apparently that was not good for people in the elite class, or at least one side of the elite class. There just wasn't enough. The Russians clearly did not have this influence. They just beat the crap out of them so much and threatened to take away their ability to operate, which is known as Section 230, which is this huge liability protection in the law that passed in 1996, which allows Google, Facebook, Twitter to exist. Can I, can I stop you there? Yeah. When you say they threatened to take it, like, in what way? Directly. I Directly. Mean, including Biden himself. I mean, but basically Democratic uh, politicians, they would just say, you know, we're going to we're going to remove your Section 230 status. That's just like saying we're going to destroy. I mean, it's just it's not. And they were saying this because they were their assertion was that Russian disinformation and propaganda led to Donald Trump being being elected. Arrested, yes. Being elected. And there was no evidence of this. No, I mean, they there was I mean, there was some evidence of it, but nothing. Well, there was certainly this. evidence of like these troll farms. Yes. Right. Yes. Now, we know they exist. Yes. Yeah, but it's it's trivial. Yeah. I mean, it was they would exaggerate. They would say things like, you know, 140, I think it was like 146 million Americans had Russian propaganda in their news feeds. That's not the same as saying 146 million people saw the ads. Right. Because it's like your feed is remember that was social. Of course. Facebook has changed. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's I mean, look, there's three big disinformation campaigns that were run by, frankly, the U.S. government and their allies the first was the Russia hoax, the idea that Russians that Russians controlled Donald Trump and won him the election. 
The second was the Hunter Biden laptop. And the third is that COVID origin, you know, uh, that the idea that that um, it's a conspiracy theory to even imagine that COVID could have emerged from a lab. There's yeah. others, including, you know, we can talk about there's a there was this effort to basically smear a bunch of ordinary conservative or Trump supporting Twitter users as Russian bots. Yeah. Um, but but basically you have active disinformation campaigns being run by the U.S. government, and U.S. government contractors against the American people on these issues at the same time that they're act- demanding censorship. So you have propaganda on the one hand and censorship on the other. So that is really important. OK, the biggest we don't like these words, misinformation, but just we'll use the elites words. OK, the biggest disinformation campaigns are coming from the very people that are telling you how dangerous disinformation is. The people who are claiming that misinformation is going to take down the democracy are the ones that are spewing misinformation covertly and overtly. It's unbelievable. It's it's like people's it's like it's like it's like me going and murdering someone and then and then you see me and I, and I and I convince you that you murdered the person. That is a weird analogy, but you understand what I'm saying? It's so far out there. It's wild. It's absolute insanity. It's crazy. The very people that are literally telling you that democracy is hanging on by a thread and that we need a ministry of truth because there's so much Russian propaganda are the ones creating Russian propaganda with the Russia hoax and all this stuff. Since we're apolitical, we can call things as they are. Okay. Trump got elected because they, people thought that he represented a non elite class and, and, and they got him in there by votes. It wasn't Putin. That's insanity. Okay. That's insanity. All right. Let's just talk about the truth here. Okay. It was a populist uprising on the right side of the spectrum, just like Bernie Sanders was also a populist uprising on the left. And if you want to know the truth, if Bernie Sanders wasn't shafted by the corruption of the Democratic Party at that time, and it was uh, Bernie Sanders versus Trump, Bernie Sanders would probably have been the president of the United States. So Bernie Sanders was treated the exact same way as Donald Trump. Okay. So no matter if it was Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders, the Russia hoax would have happened with either of them. All of, there would have been an insurrection with either. The whole thing would be with either of them because they cannot be president. They don't have the last name of Clinton. They don't have the last name of Bush. They don't just go and bomb the world. Okay. And maybe they would. Oh, no, they don't. They don't start new wars. Trump didn't start a new war, actually. That He really didn't do that. Uh, and Bernie might not have either. But you can't have people who are outside the chosen class, which is a small group of people that hate your guts for whatever reason, who really it stems from families that have run the world for hundreds of years. And you got the elites in Europe and all this stuff. This has been an elite class that existed for a very, very long time. Okay. And it's coming to an end, which wants, which takes me to the next clip here. Uh, oh, there's so many good clips here. Uh, we talk about the elites in a little bit, but this is about AOC and this is so messed up. AOC should not be a part of the elite class. She, she should be a peasant. She should be with us, but for some reason she doesn't want to be with us. And so this is, uh, AOC saying the laptop was half fake. If you didn't, I, I think I shared this on this podcast. Uh, that was when Schellenberger, this guy and Mike and Matt Taibbi testified. Uh, she's like, why are we wasting time on this? Is like the biggest scandal in literally like us history, like, like literally just dunking on the first amendment, like never before seen in the history of the United States of America and saying that the laptop is half fake, even though it's a hundred percent real. And now he's suing that his privacy was invaded because it is a hundred percent real, but here, let, let him talk about this. Oh, and how the mainstream is biased and not apolitical, obviously. That's inconveniently bad for that one side particularly the left, 
you don't hear a fucking peep about it on the media. Right. It's it's dismissed. It's like, you know, they'll they'll talk about it like uh what did, who did who, someone said it's the someone talked about the Hunter Biden laptop and said it was like half fake. That was like a AOC. AOC. AOC half fake. That's yeah. right. What is that is a that is such a horrible violation of the trust that the people who elected you put in you. They you have access to all the information. You have access to that actual fucking laptop. Oh yeah. By the way, I have access to it too. Yeah. A lot of people have access to it. If you wanted to, I said I don't want to look at it. I was like, I don't want to look at that fucking thing. I don't want to see this guy getting foot jobs from hookers in Vietnam, smoking street crack. Crazy. Whatever he did. But yeah. the fact that someone would say that's half fake. Yeah. No, that in itself is disinformation. It's, in it's important. That's, that, that is a lie. It's a it's lie. Disinformation. But you're just saying it because if you can say it's half fake, all you muddy the water. Yes. And now anybody that's looking at that could go, oh, yeah, but that's half fake. Yeah. According to my side. Right. This is like the same people. There's still people that say that Trump was in bed with the Russians, which is how he won in 2016. Right. There's people that still parrot that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm but very this, close. So it's, this is what's created the inverted reality that I currently have a friend in, okay? It's been, I guess it's been compounding for years uh, since, really, since Trump came in. I guess it's been descending since 2012 after listening to Mark Andreessen. That's when he said things started getting real weird. But really, it's split off into people who are able to be red-pilled and see the truth because they're apolitical, and then other people who are political and either are too far right, too far left, don't see the truth in either direction. But the particular one on the left is just really bizarre with the – you think Putin put in Trump? I mean, come on. You could be a – it's so good to be apolitical. It's so easy to see what's true and not true and what is just outrageous, okay? It's just so obvious, and it's so fun to be able to talk about it candidly with you because we do not care about politics. We don't even see politics. We don't even believe in politics. We care about the peasants, and that's it. And I don't get why – well, apparently people are catching on. You're going to hear this very shortly. So what's really interesting is, is that the people involved in all of these charades and, and corruptions are always the same people just cycling in and out of the same operations. OK, it's always the same people. So this is the chief legal officer was the same person who pushed the Russia hoax. That is the same person that is being uh, dishonest. Uh, he was at, he was at Twitter being like the chief legal officer. Just take a listen. At that moment, I mean, it has a Manchurian quality, Manchurian candidate quality to it, where the former chief legal counsel to FBI, a guy named Jim Baker, who was central to beginning the Russiagate probe of Trump, he's now at Twitter as deputy general counsel. This is what we're discovering. This is part of what I was discovering in the Twitter files is just vociferously attacking this thing. It's like this looks like misinformation, disinformation. We shouldn't trust it. It looks like it violates Twitter's policies. He was he just I mean, like multiple, I think it was at least four messages and emails of him pushing to the executives. And then, of course, it doesn't we can't see the phone calls that which is really where a lot of the dirty work happens, mm. pushing to just get this thing censored by by Twitter. Sure enough, a few a few hours later, Yoel Roth says, well, OK, uh, you know, we think that it could very well have been a Russian hack where somehow they put the. I mean, it was this crazy thing where they're like, well, we think he was hacked and then put on the laptop. It was just bizarre. Yoel Roth, like on, there's moments where I respect him because he was he was enough of a truth teller internally. It's why he got to the position he was in, which is a very powerful position. 
to be like, hey, this is bullshit, like internally, he would say. But he was also a company man. So when his when powerful superiors in the organization, including former FBI people, and Jim Baker wasn't the only one, when he gets worked, he just bends. And he mm. just was like, okay, yeah, I think we've decided that it violates our hacked um, materials policy, and we're going to censor it. The other thing I want to point out about this, it's not just that they censored the article, because people always go, well, you know, um, they it only lasted for a few days or whatever. It was the discrediting of it. The censoring, censorship is a disinformation strategy. If you censor that article, in other words, Twitter and Facebook, all the headlines where Twitter and Facebook are, you know, they're going to restrict the dissemination of this material or they think it's, you know, that's that all that publicity is really what mattered. So in terms of like, you know, in my defense and other people that bought the idea that it was somehow a fake, we were being told by the media that everybody had looked was kind of like, look, it looks like it's hacked and there's something fu there's something funny about it. So I think that, um, you know, I think the, the there's so many shocking things about it, but I think it's the the of coordination and conformity within these social media companies. It was the pre bunking in advance and it was the complete total, you know, uh, just the complete news media blackout and unanimity that there was, and it was just all of them. I mean, it was like all the networks, all the newspapers, they all just repeated this idea that there was something wrong about the laptop and there wasn't. So there are powerful forces. This is a tough, a tough, a tough truth to take. But what I do on this podcast is tell you the uncomfortable truth and then you get to absorb it and do what you want with it because we believe that the people can take information, dissect information and learn is that there are very powerful forces that are trying to tear up the fabric of society and create civil unrest, not just in the United States, but all across the West, because we are entering that fourth stage of humanity. Okay. Where the peasants are free, the money's decentralized, all this crazy stuff. You happen to be alive. You were chosen to be here by something. Okay. So you, that is an honor. It's an honor to be in this fight with you, but there are forces, the elites trying to tear things up and bring down the system. They want to manage the bringing down of the system, the fall of the empire, and then resurrect a new system, a new monetary system, a central bank digital currency, the whole shebang, so they have control forever. But this is our chance to break away. This is the opportunity. But before we get into that, I want to get into how they censor true information, which I was telling people. The reason I started this podcast was I realized that they were censoring true information about pharmaceutical products, and I was—I just wanted people to know the truth. And they what they wouldn't tell you. They they took down my first YouTube channel, a whole bunch of shenanigans. And here's proof that we were right. Dot 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 again. Amendment. You know, this is of course this Hunter Biden laptop thing is just one of many things. I mean, the other craziest thing of all, maybe the, some of the most craziest stuff of all, is that Facebook censored accurate COVID vaccine side effects information because it didn't want to promote vaccine hesitancy. In other yeah. words, the White House is like just pressuring them. I mean, there's this guy, Andy Slav, and in particular, is just this malign actor, just pressuring, pressuring, threatening them. They're nasty in these emails. The, the White House, nasty. In what way? Oh, just um, just being, just just basically, you know, it's a, I mean, Biden does it publicly. So they're killing people. Yeah. They're basically accusing people of, I mean, these guys, they don't, the gloves are off. I mean, they're just like, you're killing people by letting this information out. I mean, the information is people telling their own story of vaccine side effects. We always point out, like, 
it was one of the great public interest progressive victories in recent memory that the drug companies have to name the side effects of their drugs in their TV ads. Yeah. Like that's a big part of it, right? It's like a running yeah. joke. You have to name the side effects in the TV ads. Well, here they like here were ordinary people trying to tell stories of the side effects that they had from the vaccine on Facebook and Twitter. And the White House is demanding that Facebook and Twitter censor that stuff. This is the this is just the the worst. I mean, that is uh, Soviet Chinese style. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I, I was telling you this. We talked about this. It's glad that people. I'm I'm very happy that people are waking up to the to the movement and and, and people are realizing that that we're in a war. We are in a four, a war, a four. <laughs> fifth, I keep wanting to combine words, fifth generation warfare with war. Four, like hitting a golf ball, four, you know, then I clock you in the head. Um, that we are in fifth generation warfare. It's for hearts, minds, bodies, souls. It's the whole shebang, all right? And it just so happens that the two the two people at war, the elites and the peasants, we're trying to be free. They want to create a feudal system. We, we, are, we are in the matrix for the rest of time, and we cannot fight back, Okay. It is no coincidence it's all happening when AI is exploding out of the gate and 12 other technologies are just exploding at Moore's Law rate. It's not a coincidence. Nothing is a coincidence. This whole thing is planned. It's a demolition of current society to bring in a new system for the next generation or the next last stage of humanity. But they will not win because we are banding together, brothers and sisters, across party lines, across different cultures, across different races, across different sexes and genders and anything. And we're holding hands together virtually with our mouth to ear. That's weird, but hand to hand. And we will stand together because we love one another. We are pro-peace. We are pro-human. We are pro-earth. We are pro-peasants. We're anti-tyranny. We always will be anti-tyranny. It's just the way we go. So this is a good little, uh, little, little, um, uh, uh, a little speech that he goes on right here. So he brings up RFK and I've brought, I've done episodes on RFK, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book, uh, the real Anthony Fauci. I don't recommend many books for you to read. I've recommended the sovereign individual, some other ones. Well, the real Anthony Fauci is a must read. If you haven't read it, I've tried to help people who've been in the matrix for a while. I've recommended they read it and they just like, no, I can't read that, but there's no lawsuit on it. And uh, it's all footnoted. And there's a reason why there's no lawsuit on it because it's uh, all true. Um, but maybe it's not. But here is uh, Joe Rogan talking about the impact of that book. And I'm so happy this is getting airtime. Hopefully more people read it. It is a fantastic read. It is a it, one of the most important books of our time, in my opinion. Here we go. Talking about Anthony Fauci on the real, or sorry, um, RFK Jr. on the real Anthony Fauci, the book. There's also a documentary, too. Go look at the previous podcast. I've covered it in detail. Talking, and then it gets people talking about Fauci. I have no idea what he's talking about. It's just craziness. Oh, it's craziness. Is it really? Well, maybe someone's going to go look at AZT. Maybe someone's going to go back and look at the way you guys handled the AIDS crisis. Because if you look at Robert Kennedy Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci, if that book is accurate, I don't know if it's accurate. I'm assuming he hasn't been sued yet. It's a terrifying book. Mm. When they talk about the AIDS crisis and what they, it's, it's essentially a version of what you're seeing now, but with no internet, mm -hmm. where they were allowed to do things with no investigative journalists, no social media outrage, no people posting different studies that contradict what they're saying. Yeah. 
it's it's a wild book, man. It's yeah. a wild book of unchecked power and influence, and and also like an absolute disdain for what is beneficial to human life and the American people, and instead, what is great for profit. And that is what we're seeing, and we, which brings me right to the next clip of the revolt of the public, and the peasants are finally rising up. This is ha- this Fauci playbook has happened before. That's what's crazy. He did all of this during the AIDS crisis. This is his second go around, and he did the same thing. Except on that, when that happened, it was the left, uh, the liberal side that didn't like him because they thought he was withholding, and they were right. So it went from the left despising him because they got him on this corruption. Now the right despised him on this corruption. If people can realize it's an apolitical topic and it doesn't matter what your party is. If you, if you care about someone who doesn't care about humanity is hurting people and putting things in place that are only for profit and his boy, Bill Gates and, and the whole biopharmaceutical industrial complex, then we can come together and realize it has nothing to do with parties. It has to do with truth and untruths. That's it. This is not a political debate. Okay. He's a bad person. He did bad things. He needs to be prosecuted. That's why Elon Musk said that his pronouns are prosecute Fauci. It was a shot. Her, it was it was it was a warning shot to Fauci. It was a warning shot to Congress. He's got a lot of info on that. I can't wait for the Fauci files. But you got to learn the history. We don't just talk about things on this podcast just to talk about them. We do it to wake up the masses. We do it to bring the people together. We do it out of love. We do it to bring everyone under the same page with the same information to understand truth. At some somewhere back in like 2016, we lost our way of truth. Let's get back to truth. And then we could bicker on different ideas that aren't so big, but differing on like humanity, like what is real and not real. Well, that's a big deal. We need to get on the same page when it talks about like what's real. Okay. Some people live in a fictitious world where everything's upside down. We need to bring them on the side of truth and then let's debate other topics, whatever. Okay. So this is where they start talking about what we've talked about on this podcast for so long, the revolt of the public and the elites freaking out. Take a listen. They, they, they see you succeed. They see people like me or Bjorn or others. Substack, the rise of Substack. Yep. Yeah. And they absolutely. So this is the revolt of the public by Martin Gurries. He argues that really all of this is just the elites freaking out about the rise of the Internet. And that the response is very similar to the response to the printing press. You know, the printing press mm, yeah. suddenly makes books available and the elites in Europe freak out. Yeah, I just found out recently, like fairly recently, that some of the earliest books, the really popular ones, are about witches, finding <laughs> witches. I was so but it's true this is one of those pivotal times in history this is when the printing press lost a lot of grip for the for the church at that time they used to get information directly from god and then they controlled the peasants with that information the peasants couldn't have access to it the printing press kind of ruined that but then the elites took over in a different way different type of elites now this little band of elites are going down are going down because the internet and artificial intelligence, baby. And it's here, and this is our moment. This is it. If we can come together and realize that it is all of us on the same team, there is no such thing as a Republican. There's no such thing as a Democrat. There's no such thing as an independent. Everybody's apolitical. Everybody is human. Let's come together and let's see life for what it is as a beautiful, beautiful thing with a beautiful earth and all of us together. So... I'm going to skip this next one. They talk about transgenderism and all that. And, um, you know, yes, transgenderism is definitely real. There's part of it that is a psyop, um, but uh, we're not going to get into that. I've done uh, an episode on that. Uh, I'm all about everybody can do whatever they want. So I don't care. Uh, 
And here's the end of civilization. This was an article I did not cover about the Wall Street Journal came out with, uh, maybe you saw it about the trends of, of, you know, people don't care about having kids. They're going to talk about it here. Just take a listen. Belief in religion. Mm. Um, I don't know, Jamie, if you could, if you can pull it up, but I thought the Wall Street Journal published this amazing article about declining patriotism, declining belief in the country, you know, it's yeah. shocking. Patrick Ben David sent me that. Yeah. yeah I mean, the numbers are, it's like, I think it's from like the late nineties until today over the last 20 years or the last 25 years. It was, uh, I mean, I, it's, first of all, it's terrifying. You just kind of go, I hope these trends are non-linear and they're going to, there's something's <laughs> going to turn around because it doesn't seem like it doesn't it, look good. Yeah. No. So you get that kind of the elites trying to gain control of the society, the society not having any foundational myths, you know, yeah, yeah these numbers here. Um, yeah. Patriotism decline. Religion. religion. Having, and then look at it, having children. They're, they're having children. When Jordan Peterson sent me this thing um, that, 50% of women that when they reach the age of 30 are not having kids, they don't have kids. And of those women, 50% will never have kids and 90% will regret it. Take off that condom, Piper and have more children. We are in population collapse. Have as many babies as possible. doesn't matter how many mothers just have the baby, which is it's very, we we're in this very strange, uh, existential crisis as a civilization that's not being recognized. And in the meantime, we're distracting ourselves with things like Greta Thunberg's take on climate or, you know, whether or not gender is a social construct or, you know, whether or not, you know, the United States should be doing X, Y, or Z. It's like, no, the fucking whole thing is falling apart. The foundation of our civilization is right. falling apart. Right. Where the elites are waging war on the First Amendment. Yeah. In the name of protecting democracy, right. they're undermining democratic institutions. In the name of, of maintaining legitimacy of these institutions. In the name of reinforcing ideologies, people are allowing them to do it because they're right. doing it on the right side. Yeah. So it's climatism. It's covidism. It's wokeism. And you know what's these- scary? It's all happening with the rise of artificial intelligence at the same time. <laughs> That's what's really scary. I mean, you want to talk about the the true end of civilization, the coinciding of artificial intelligence, at least seemingly becoming fairly sentient. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but that I know that one. Yep, we covered that on this podcast. Lambda, that's like episode 30 or 40 or something back then. None of this, this is new for people who aren't paying attention. If you've been part of the Jonathan Kogan show, you've known anything maybe six, nine, 12 months of ever, of, ahead of everybody else. I mean, it's insane. It's awesome, isn't it? It's fantastic because we don't have bias. We don't have political views, right? We're not on the inside of the elites. We don't need to hide information from you. I can give you all the information. That's what I do. That's what I do. Spend all day giving you the information. And that's why we're on the same team. That's why we love one another. That's why we're best friends, even though we might not even know each other. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. We can connect now over the internet, and that scares the elites because if the peasants come together, it's over. It's done. We say, no, it's done. It's done. It literally stops on a dime, and we're getting close, baby. That's why all the elites are arresting each other, and a whole bunch of banana stuff is happening. A whole bunch of crazy stuff is happening. Um, So next part, uh, I have this one labeled as the peasants coming together. Um, I'm not sure what they talk about here, but hopefully it is about the peasants coming together. So let's see what we have here. And we got a couple more clips and then that is it. Such a good episode. Isn't this amazing? Isn't it amazing to hear what you've heard on this podcast for so many months now 
basically hit mainstream by mainstream. I mean, Joe Rogan, which is pretty mainstream. I mean, isn't it fantastic? All that hard effort of listening to the truth, it pays off. It pays off to be on the side of truth. What we speculate or what we don't know. I love the phenomenon, though, because I do think it it's it's humbling. I think it's a I think I think we were getting at this thing where the elites are so arrogant and they're so on the one hand, on the other hand, they're so threatened by the rise of the Internet and by these other voices. There just needs to be some kind of moment where we go, hey, you know, we're all on this planet together yes. and, um, you know, stop trying to, you know, trying to rule each other. Like we've got this beautiful America Again, just allow me to be, you know, it's like this system we have is absolutely amazing. We're amazing you, uh, and started by people who wrote it with feathers. Yeah. Well, I mean, for sure. It's just pretty crazy that I mean, they had yeah. such foresight into what, what happened yeah. when people gained too much power and control over other people. Well, and they, and they knew that, look, if you're going to have democracy and you're going to have capitalism, you have to have freedom of speech. Because yes. if you don't have freedom of speech, you're not free full of information. But it was even more than that. There was a sense in which being able to make these noises and these scribbles mm -hmm. was like uh, is fundamental to what it means to be human. You know, it's actually expression. It's, yes. expression. it's so about, about so when, canceled uh, and how big of a deal that was. And it is, you know, because the, the town square is now Twitter, whether you like it or not, it's just the way it is. Um, so it is a big deal to be just cut out. It, it is a freedom of speech attack for sure. Um, but obviously you know that because you've been on the side of truth this whole time. So this part I've labeled, this is awesome. Uh, you've heard me talk about this so many times in the pod, even on this one already, Joe Rogan talking about the whole world is going to, a is having, is experiencing a massive shift. And this is the last grasp of control, which you've heard me refer to as this is the old power structure, the old power guard holding on to the last bit of power they can while the whole world changes and they're losing their grip. He literally says this, listen. Do you, and I do have hope as well, but I also think we are at the precipice of unstoppable change. And I think it's going to hit us like a fucking tsunami. And I think we're just really fortunate to be alive at this time yes. where the whole world is going to shift in, in a really wild way. And I think one of the things you're seeing from whether it is these um, corporations or these uh, government entities that are trying to control narratives. This is like them trying to grasp at the, the last bits of control that are potentially available. But I think inevitably they're going to lose. I yes. think everyone's going to, I think, I, I think there's going to be no privacy. Let's I think go. zero privacy in the a few decades. I think win. mind reading is coming. Oh, I, get so I think hyped. that all of these ridiculous black mirror scenarios will come to light. And I think we're going to be dealing with a reality that as, as alien to us as taking Australia Pithecus and bringing them a million years forward into 2023 and experiencing like modern life in Dallas, Texas, like wandering around seeing that that would be so fucking bizarre to them. That is what our life in 20 years is going to be to us. I don't think so. Because, I mean, look at, like, let's look at the World Economic Forum. By the way, I love the Klaus Schwab in the bathroom. <laughs> so now they talk about uh, the World Economic Forum and how the brand damage is done by this podcast and other people like us. He doesn't mention this podcast because he, I don't know why. I guess he just must have had a brain fart. But basically that. And uh, in Joe Rogan's bathroom, he has Klaus Schwab, which is fantastic because he understands what's going on. 
I mean, yeah. you go to the bathroom and take a shit, and there's Klaus Schwab staring at you. Yeah, um, I, with his fucking goofy that uh, is Star insane. Wars outfit. That is insane. Dun, 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 no, I mean, dun, I. Dun, dun. <laughs> it's crazy, but I, I think if you look at this last one, we just wrote a piece on. I wrote a piece with a former Financial Times uh, correspondent who also, like me, has been obsessed with the World Economic Forum. We called it. It's something I think it's called, you know, uh, Davos is a cult and a grift, but it's also a bid for global domination. And mm. we just looked at like how it's all those things at the same time. It's about right. power and money and, and also about um, ideology and dogma. I mean, I'm pretty sure like Russell Brand and Glenn Beck have done serious brand damage to Davos and WEF and mm. you, you know, I mean, they there was no major heads of state that went this year. There were no major CEOs that yeah, went. Yeah, people pulled out of it. It's it's people become it's be- Yep, and Dr. Bother have been caught lying. That's because of us. That's our movement that's doing this, baby. This is amazing. Why he didn't mention the John the Coke show, I have no idea. I, I, I gave I tweeted at him, he probably had a brain fart. I'm sure it happens all the time. Michael, if you're listening to this, it's okay. We forgive you. We love you. We're glad you're on Team Peasant. We're glad you realized the truth. It's fantastic. All right. Here's the last clip I have, which is what this all comes down to, which is nothing new unless you're new to this podcast, which is how Joe Rogan is uh, is most concerned that this is all a play for total surveillance and total control of the peasants, which you know is the truth. And here is Joe talking about it. Last clip. Here we go. No, the 60s, the boomers were very um, non-ironic. Mm. You know, they were very earnest. and um, I think we're speaking in and, rash generalizations. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, my, my real concern is that with technology and the ability to control people, if we don't get a grasp on that, we're going to fall into a situation that's very similar to what they have in China, where you have a social credit score and a, a centralized digital currency. And when I see people like Maxine Waters pushing us towards that direction, and people talking about the first the first uh, sounds of it were the vaccine passports. When they were saying vac- vaccine passports, I was like, Jesus Christ, don't do that, because that is going to lead to a social credit score system. That's going to lead to they're going to just they're, once they have the ability to make you have an app and that app gets to decide whether or not you travel. They're not going to let that go. There's no way they're going to let that go. And once they have something like that attached to a centralized digital currency, it's game over. It's game over until something really big happens. And that's what China's experiencing. No. Yep. That's the grand finale, which is a controlled demolition of the economy. Bring back a new system, central bank, digital currency. Everyone has a digital ID, which everything maps to. I literally have a text message from a friend that says, I can't wait for vaccine passports. Now, we on this podcast have empathy for those people. They don't understand the bigger picture. They don't do their own research. They're unwilling to learn. They don't like to look into things. They like to read headlines from MSNBC and a whole bunch of corrupt elite institutions that are brainwashing them. It's very sad. But when they wake up, they're going to realize we've been fighting for them this whole time. We are fighting for the people who have not awakened yet. And when they do... They will join and we will open our hands and we will accept them and love them for who they are. And we will not give them a hard time for taking so long to wake up. We will protect them and we will keep them on the side of freedom, even though they're fighting so hard to give away all the freedoms. They're fighting so hard to be in a total surveillance police state, even though they want that so badly. We know it's not their truth. 
They are just brainwashed to think they want that. And we will let them be free and they can thank us many years down the road, which will be fantastic by subscribing to the Jonathan Kogan show, subscribing to the YouTube channel, subscribing to the rumble channel, making a donation, patreon.com forward slash ownership economy. Give it a five-star rating. If you like this podcast, the more five-star ratings, the more peasants get access to it because it helps the algorithm. So if you enjoy this, please give it a five-star on Apple Podcasts. Please give it a five-star on Spotify. If you give it a five-star with a description, I will read it first thing on the pod, just like I did with Counter Progressive. We did a fantastic job. Thank you, Counter Progressive. Hopefully, we can get two or more for the next one. Share this with 17 people. Yes, 17 people. And until next time, I love you, and I will see you later. Thank you so much for being a part of this movement. Pro-peasant, team peasant, pro-human, pro-earth, pro-love, pro-everything good. I'll see you tomorrow.